New York Giants tight end Darren Waller might just be the biggest winner of all players from the preseason. We explain why next on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. About to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $5 and $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can check her out on Twitter uh, at Kate Majuk. You can also follow her work on Pro Football Focus. She's got a, a really good article out right now on the one player that you should avoid in in your drafts. So go check it out. But Kate, today we are talking about some winners and losers uh, from the tight end position in the preseason. And you and I are in complete agreement here. Tell us why Darren Waller might just be the biggest winner of the preseason. Here's the thing, Marcus. I feel like nobody's talking about Darren Waller as a dynasty winner per se, because the man is about to turn 31 years old. But I just want to like just level back real quick and look at like the age of most of these dynasty tight ends that we're ranking in the top 10. Travis Kelsey about to turn 34. Mark Andrews about to turn 28. Uh, Dallas Goddard about to turn 29, George Kittle about to turn 30. Like age is not a thing, uh, apparently when it comes not to the top tight 10 dynasty remember, tight ends. So remember when Jason Witten was like 45 and still getting a hundred <laughs> catches a season. Yeah. Like I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, like the, the thing holding people back from Darren Waller is, um, you know, obviously, you know, some injury concerns there, but he is fully healthy. But also I think we're getting a little ageist here while forgetting that like all of these other tight ends ranked in a similar tier are pretty close to him in age. Like there's not, yeah. not that big of a gap, but I mean, Darren Waller, we've heard the reports all off season long. Like it's, it's been Darren Waller, Daniel Jones. This is the identity of this offense right now. And we only saw that further further shown throughout the preseason targeted on 50% of his routes with the first team um, ranked top three among tight ends. Like this is um, he's one of two tight ends literally to be targeted on more than 45% of routes throughout the preseason. Like when Darren Waller is on the field, he is that, that team's glorified wide receiver one. Um, he's been so reliable in terms of scoring when he's on the field. It's not much of a question, right? Like when he's on, when he's active, you start him and you're going to get a tight end one production. He's finished as a tight end one in 61% of his games played over the last three seasons. That ranks third among tight ends only behind Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. Then it's Darren Waller. That's ahead of TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, like, he has been absolutely elite when he is on the field. Um, I don't think that this is really any different um, than what we've seen in years past. And if anything, like this, this might be a career season for Darren Waller if he can stay healthy. Um, really encouraged it to hear that, you know, he hasn't dealt with a lot of health struggles since being in New York, but he is a focal point of this offense. And um it, 
very real shot that this guy ends up as the overall tight end three this season. Um, forget age. Uh, you know, when I'm in a dynasty league, it, I, I want that position secured. And I think as long as Darren Waller is on the field, he is a top five tight end. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Now, I tried not to overreact to the preseason because it, more often than not, it just actually clouds our judgment. But when you watch the the Giants preseason game with the, the the first team offense play, they went right down the field and Darren Waller got like a target on every other play. <laughs> Basically, it's like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you throw the ball to Darren Waller all the time? He's open. He gets open. Nobody can cover him one-on-one. And he's just the best pass, pass catcher this team has. And it just fits so well with Daniel Jones because he gets quick separation. He's open across the middle of the field. It's not a challenging throw. It's this one almost seems like it's, it's, it's too easy. And the only thing that scares you is the health. But I also wonder like some of the health stuff that happened over the last couple of years, I wonder how much it was related to the contract stuff. He wanted a new contract from the Raiders. He held out for a new contract. Once he got the deal, he wasn't really in shape and pulled his hamstring. And there's just a lot of things that led to that, but he's healthy now. And can I just think every week outside of Travis Kelsey and outside of Mark Andrews, he's got like the highest upside in any single week because he's going to get a ridiculous amount of targets. And we've seen him be really effective before. I, I, I love Darren Waller. I, I was telling you pre-show I made a trade in a dynasty league that I'm in. I traded away Kyle Pitts because I had Darren Waller. And my reasoning was, yes, I have Kyle Pitts ranked higher, but I'm going to play Darren Waller every single week kind of moving forward until I see more from Kyle Pitts. And I can move Kyle Pitts and get something else to help me out. I want to play Darren Waller in my dynasty leagues this year. I think he's going to have a massive year. I I do think that like when it comes to evaluating like in, in valuing age for a player, there's not a position that I care less about age than when it comes to the tight end position 100%. in terms of dynasty. Like, uh, you know, generally speaking, we see these guys peak at age 27, 28, 29. Um, age is kind of irrelevant for this position. This is when we really start to see uh, these players often hit their stride. And, and you know, we've seen with Travis Kelsey, we've seen Jason Witten. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that Darren Waller is, is the same kind of tight end, but what I am saying is that we've, we've seen t- plenty of tight ends play well into their career. And I, I do think that Darren Waller is in a really good spot. I think, you know, if you're not going to, to have one of these top tier tight ends, it, you can draft Darren Waller probably as like the tight end seven, tight end eight in your leagues because of that, that age factor, because of those yep. health concerns. I think he's going to be a huge value. Um, and he's going to be a league winning tight end. And like, he's going to be a player that you're just going to leave in that tight end spot. He's one of the, the least expensive and pricey assets that you're going to be able to just plug and play without question on a week to week basis. And for me, that's, that's a league winning value. Yeah. Tight end eight right now. He's actually slipped a little bit. We've seen Pat Fryermuth gain some momentum here to potentially pass him. Sam Laporta jumping up. So you're, you're not even paying top five prices to get Darren Waller. And the last thing before we move on, and I know, listen, I get, this is a flawed way to look at tight ends, but if you look at his, some of his big games over the last three years, 13 for 202 touchdowns, nine for 150 and two touchdowns. 13 for 134, 7 for 126 and two touchdowns, 
nine for 122 in two touchdowns. How many other tight ends right now going into the, the season have that kind of upside? Obviously, Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Mark Andrews. Outside of those two, like uh, I, I love Kyle Pitts. He's not getting a 13 catch game in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think George Kittle is probably the one player you can argue in the mix of that. But we've seen George Kittle have a very low floor for fantasy as yes. well. So that's where I, I argue Darren Waller over George Kittle because has that same kind of upside, right? But I do think the floor is so much higher for for Darren Waller, especially. Um, especially in a full PPR league, because 100%. there is, it, I would, I would bet a lot of money uh, that Darren Waller is going to lead this team in targets, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns if he's healthy for for a full season. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not even sure, like on a per game basis, if anybody's going to come within like three targets of him per game. Like mm-hmm. I can honestly see a situation, Kate, where. Darren Waller, like every single week, is somewhere between eight to twelve targets, and it just depends a little bit on the game script. Like if they get behind, he's getting more targets. But you're basically telling me, can he get two targets a quarter? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think there's there's going to be drives where he gets four targets right in a row. So I'm I'm all in on Darren Waller, one of the biggest winners of the preseason. Another winner that we saw. This is a player that only played a handful of snaps, but you've got to include him. We will get to him. Next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. I actually just did this bet. It's absolutely, I, I just logged into this. It's so cool. Placed a couple bets on. Uh, Trevor Lawrence to win MVP. Plus, all customers who pet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be, you know, you can bet on any, everything from the spreads to player props to futures bets like I like. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick out the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. Every day, Kate and I are going to have a special show for you tomorrow. We're going to talk about the players who we expect to see the biggest jump in ADP, the biggest risers at this time next year. So you're not going to want to miss that. But Kate, let's talk about another winner from preseason. Who do you got? Got to be Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, who... Uh, like you alluded to, did not actually play all that much this preseason, but in limited playing time, I think just validated so many of the things that I really liked about Jake Ferguson last off season or last season. Um, you know, he's a second year tight end, obviously very young, um, generally inexperienced, but you know, you gotta like literally everything you've seen from this kid, the, the team obviously brought in. Uh, second round tight end Luke Schoenmacher. There's you know Peyton Hendershot. Who did he make the the final fifty? He did. He was close. He almost, I I don't think he was going to make it uh, unless there was another injury that happened to a guy named John Stevens. So I Hendershot is like a borderline active player on the fifty three man roster. So like there's not a whole ton of competition here. Now I know uh, earlier this off season the the team made a trade for Brandon Cooks bring in some speed, but I do think like what we've seen from Dak Prescott, his propensity for targeting the tight end, um, you know, 
Jake Ferguson's efficiency as a receiver caught 20 of 23 targets in his rookie season, uh, 208 receiving yards, two touchdowns, um, led all Cowboys tight ends in passer rating when targeted, uh, yards per route run, yards after the catch per reception. Um, now he comes in, he was targeted, went on the field with Dak Prescott at an absurd rate, caught all three of his targets, 38 receiving yards, um, but targeted on 37.5% uh, of his routes run, which is a fantastic, fantastic barometer. Um, it, like, just, you love that involvement. Uh, you know, all three of those those targets, uh, you know, I, I think just further emphasize that like Dak Prescott, just because Dalton Schultz is no longer in this offense, he's not going away from the tight end, um, you know, literally ranked third among all tight ends in PFF receiving grade for the preseason in those limited snaps. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not sure there's any tight end that I'm looking at more closely this off season in terms of, um, you know, being one of these potential dynasty values i mean you you look he he's made um you know a a little bit of um a, a climb uh this this off season in my rankings for sure but generally speaking like tight end 29 in dynasty startup Nothing. adp That's for free. the month of august like he's climbing for me uh but you know still you know i, I think people are a little bit nervous about the additional bodies that this team has has added into the mix um you know what the most recent trade, uh, which just occurred a couple of days ago, um, one team traded Jake Ferguson straight up for Loon Shoemaker. Uh, I want your thoughts on that, Marcus. Um, for I mean, I'm, I'm all, I agree. I, I would much yeah. rather have Jake Ferguson than Luke Shoemaker. Um, you want some little inside information here on some Jake Ferguson news? Yes. So Doc Prescott has a fully functioning football field in his backyard by the Cowboys stadium. Okay. They call it the Dak yard, right? And he holds, Oh, that's workout. cute. Backyard, yeah. backyard. Look and at he, him. Yeah. And he, he holds workouts, not only with Cowboy players, but just like other receivers and tight ends and running backs. Ezekiel Elliott was president at all these, uh, all, all off season long. The one player that did not miss a single workout in the Dak yard, Jake Ferguson. Dak loves him and they love his ability to make plays after the catch. They're going to have him, you know, going in the, uh, to the flats, giving him targets. He was actually one of PFF's top-rated players after the catch last season. But now they're making him more of a downfield threat. You're going to see him running down the seam. You're going to see him doing some uh, some more longer developing routes to get that A dot up a little bit. And I think he might be the number two target in the red zone behind C.D. Lamb. So I I feel comfortable enough saying I – I would start Jake Ferguson as my tight end one in some fantasy leagues this year, like 12 team leagues, 14 team leagues. I have no problem starting him. And if you can get him at tight end 29 price, I mean, come on. It's just a 24 year old with a really good pedigree from Wisconsin. I'm all in. There's not a lot uh, to, to dislike about Jake Ferguson just in general. Like, you look at uh you know the the draft capital um in terms of of dynasty like that is a throwaway pick that is yeah, uh that is absolutely no risk so much reward i think in a an offense that 
Marcus, as, as you tweeted the other day uh, with Dak Prescott leads the league in, in points per game. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of scoring potential in this, in this offense. And Dak um, loves throwing to the tight end in the red zone. Like we've seen this every year with Dalton Schultz. I think the tight ends last year scored 14 combined touchdowns or something ridiculous. Like, there's going to be opportunities. And the last thing, Kate, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, um, Luke Schoonmaker, who the Cowboys took in the second round, they envisioned him more as a blocker who can do some like outlet stuff as a receiver and like, hey, he's going to block 30 snaps and then one, you know, he's going to get a target when you're not expecting him. Not a fully featured tight end. Peyton Hendershot, I think there's going to be weeks where he's just inactive. Um, Sean McEwen. Uh, another tight end that they have on the practice squad. He's another blocker type. Ferguson is going to be the guy getting all the targets here from the tight end position. I love it. I'm, I'm so far in um, Marcus. Like this might be a player I need to mute myself on rest of off season. Cause I just, I, I've loved what we've seen so far, but I, I do think that, you know, the preseason, even in that limited span has just, validated um all of that potential that we saw and i love that nugget about uh jake ferguson and and the dak yard yard. yeah Uh, that's that's a great piece of insight that's why you listen to locked on dynasty football podcast Uh, (laughs) i I just want to mention one more tight end really quickly i thought dalton kincaid looked as good as advertised i mean you're not going to be able to cover him in one-on-one situations I just want to see what that target share looks like. I want to see how often they're using him because they do still have Dawson Knox. But in terms of the player and the role, I mean, I couldn't be more impressed from what I saw in the preseason. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, you know, I, I one of these players that I'm starting to come around on, I think a lot more. Um, I I was a little bit more hesitant um just with with Dawson Knox but I do think it's becoming more and more clear um that that you know I I think Dawson Knox could potentially steal some touchdowns but um especially in in full PPR scoring formats Dalton Kincaid is the future I don't I don't know how great I feel about uh the 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 price point he's being drafted it's expensive um but again, has has some I think high upside that uh, you're you're betting to to pay off. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at. There's not a whole lot I think that that fantasy managers would have been surprised at. Um, but it's so great to see, like you know, when the preseason, it, like it's hard to take away um, new like new observations. Uh, regarding players in the preseason, generally speaking, but I do think it's better, uh, you know, a, a tool to maybe, you know, compare against sort of your perceived uh, ideas about this team um, going into those games and see like, okay, how does, how does what we've seen in the preseason match up with what I projected for this team? Yep. And I think that Kincaid is the perfect example of the preseason really kind of just validating some of those, those ideas we had earlier on. All right, let's talk about uh, one of the losers from the tight end position next. All right, Kate, wrapping up here. Let's. There were some winners that we liked. We really liked Jake Ferguson. We really liked Dalton Kincaid. We love what Darren Waller did for the Giants. But was there a tight end that you saw in the preseason that you're just a little discouraged about? Yeah, it's Dalton Schultz, tight new tight end for the Houston Texans. 
Now we've already like talked about Dalton Schultz a little bit, sort of by proxy uh, in our discussion of the Dallas Cowboys. Like Dalton Schultz was a very big part of that passing game for Dallas. And I was super excited to see what he might be able to do with this Houston Texans offense. Like there's no, you know, when I'm, I'm trying to sort of identify a potential sleeper or, or, you know, a player of value at the tight end position, I'm considering what is the competition for targets like? Mm-hmm. Is there a tried and true wide receiver one in this team, wide receiver two? How established is this pecking order? And I think the Texans have generally been a team that don't, you know, there, there's not necessarily an established pecking order yet. But Dalton Schultz throughout the preseason didn't start the last two preseason games when we saw like a, a full mix of starters, including, you know, Damian Pierce. Um, that has been rotating through with Tegan. I, I don't even know how to say it. Quatoriano, sure. I think is how you say his name. Um, and Brevin who, Jordan, we came, we came for get Brevin Jordan, who's still hanging around as a tight end three there. Yes. Like there, there's more competition there. Um, Brevin Jordan, he's missed the the preseason with a hamstring, but um, you know, definitely went on the field, went healthy. He's also going to figure into this rotation. And I, I really, I, I think, you know, the fact that Schultz hasn't necessarily stood out among this competition, the fact that he hasn't necessarily, uh, you know, been uh, dominate in, in his snap share, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I feel like things are just trending kind of poorly for Dalton Schultz, who's a guy that, um, you know, has, has generally been very involved as a receiver. I'm not saying like it can't happen this season, but I'm not encouraged by what we've seen. The usage this preseason, the the there's there's really no bit of news that has had me excited for Dalton well, Schultz this. Do you remember at this time last year we were talking about Dalton Schultz's dynasty value, and we were talking about him as like tight end eight and tight end nine, and because on a points per game basis he was outperforming George Kittle, and now you're at a point with him being at tight end eighteen. It's like. I mean, he's almost a borderline rosterable player, and I just don't know if you can trust him from week to week in your fantasy leagues. And I just don't know what the upside is. Like, is this somebody who is going to see a significant target share in Houston? I I, I would guess not. I, I Katie, if it was me, and I'm looking at the tight end position right now, I would much rather gamble on somebody like Trey McBride, who is going as tight end 19. Obviously, Jake Ferguson, who we just mentioned. I would take Jaywan Johnson for the Saints at tight end 25 over Dalton Schultz. I, I just, with a rookie quarterback and an offense that I think is going to struggle, I don't think I, I just don't think I want any part of Dalton Schultz right now. That makes me so sad. I, I really do. I love Dalton Schultz as a player. I think he's he's a, a fun receiving tight end to watch. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm bummed by this. I Again, I'm not saying that it can't happen. Obviously, like, this team, I think, has a lot of of room to grow in terms of development. And, you know, as C.J. Stroud, I think, continues to get more comfortable in, in the starting role. Like, I, I think we saw him, um, you know, the, the moment looked a little bit big for him a bit. Uh, in, in his preseason, maybe compared to, like, a Bryce Young, uh, who, you know, even Anthony Richardson, who looked, um, you know, didn't Flash. necessarily make the best decisions, but he looked unfazed, like, Stroud yep. looked a little bit more more rattled, I think, by the bigness of this moment. Um, so maybe we start to see, you know, 
things transition later on in the season as things take shape. But uh, if, if Dalton Schultz, you know, my, my tight end sleeper was the guy I was kind of like banking on. I'm definitely looking for other options. And that other option is probably Jake Ferguson. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making lockdown dynasty. Your first listen every day. Again, every day is, We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the players that we expected to make the biggest leap uh, going into the 2023 season, the biggest risers for the 2024 offseason. So be sure to tune in for that. Go check out the show on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check out Kate on Twitter, at Kate Majuke. Again, go look at her work on Pro Football Focus. She's got articles up every single day over there, just getting you ready for your fantasy drafts. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.